Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Father Son Packers podcast, your brand new source for Packers news, notes, and analysis. We are here on Sunday night following a Packers 28 to 19 win over the Chicago Bears. Always nice to beat the Bears. And I am here, as always, with my co host, my dad, Matt. Dad, how are you doing? I'm doing good. You know, I had to struggle to follow the game because I couldn't get the video to play. So I was like sitting on my computer watching each new play get popped up on text. I'm across the ticker, you know? <laughs> exactly. It's like I needed a little piece of paper to read. So like yes, coming exactly. out of a ticker tape machine. <laughs> and so that's that's almost how old school it was. And then I was able to watch the game later on uh, um, uh, NFL whatever zone. Game pass. Whatever, so whatever the Game pass arc, zone, yeah. whatever the heck they call it now. Exactly. But anyway, the Packers um, win. So th- it was relaxing by the time I actually got to watch the video. Exactly. Because I knew the Packers had pulled it out. And the Packers did pull it out. They won 28-19 to and in the process became the NFL's all-time winningest franchise, passing the Bears. So head-to-head, whoever won this game coming out of it was going to have the most wins all-time in the NFL. And it's the Green Bay Packers. I couldn't imagine a record more fitting for the, all- the 13-time champion, Green Bay Packers. Uh, right. Yeah, I saw, saw somebody tweet that they have... Go ahead. The most championships, mm-hmm. the most, most wins. wins, and the most MVP awards all time. I believe it. Forget who that tweeted sounds right. this. But beyond that... Unfortunately. Sorry, this- Sorry I didn't credit you, mystery, mystery tweeter. Yes, exactly. Beyond that, this also moves Matt LaFleur to 8-0 all-time versus the Bears. Undefeated, never lost, as LeVar Ball once said. And with this win, a little bit of glimmer of hope for people with some thoughts still somehow on the playoffs this year. Um... The Athletic, per Matt Schneiman on Twitter, has moved the Packers from a 6% chance of making the playoffs up to an 11% chance of making the playoffs. They are very optimistic over there. Right. And I mean, everybody else had like 2%. I don't know. Exactly. What, what what kind of math the Athletic is using that they had 6% for the Packers before this game? But And then ESPN Stats and Info, per Rob Domofsky on Twitter, now has the Packers at a 4.8% chance. So, you know, not zero. That's that's about all you can nope. say there. Small small chance of Not still making yet. the playoffs. Not quite dead yet, in fact. Um, but, Dad, should we move on to our gut reactions? What was your uh, gut reaction for this game? So my gut check was, you know, watching this game, I'm like, the first half, I'm like, what are you doing? You just, you can't do anything right. They you were terrible. And you're like, you can lose to the Bears. They were on autopilot, but it was the Tesla autopilot that, like, drives you <laughs> left into Drives you right to a tree or a lake or a pedestrian. Exactly. It was not good autopilot. They and looked, then, but then in the yeah. second half, it's like somebody, they, they finally realized, holy crap, we're playing we're, like the Bears. We're going to we're gonna lose to the Bears. We got to We got to get to get it together. And they did. They did. They got it together. I they thought had pretty the first tight, half, they had a pretty tight second half, actually. Yeah, and I thought the first half they just looked kind of disinterested in playing the sport of football. Like, they just did not look like they were having a good time. They did not look happy to be there. I mean, it is what it is. But in the second half, I think they were like, all right, guys, let's let's play with some pride. And I, I think they came out with a much better plan and, like, a lot better just just energy in the second half, I think, is my big gut check. And, you know, my other gut check is always nice to beat the Bears. It'll always be nice to beat the Bears. I love beating the Bears. It's very fun. Um, yeah, they haven't, beyond, they haven't gotten a win in, against us in over four, four years. years now. Yep, four years now, which, you know, you love to see it. Um, beyond that, let's kind of get into the nitty-gritty of this game, starting with the injury update, unfortunately. Uh, Aaron Jones was banged up for a lot of this game. He spent a lot of the time on the sideline in the early parts of this game. The sideline reporter, I forget which one it was, apologies, said that there was no injury. They were just kind of... S- switching Dylan and him in and out but then later when Dylan 
who also got a little bit dinged up in this game but did come back in, had to go out for a bit. They brought Patrick Taylor on instead of Jones. So really makes you think Jones was dealing with something. And then later in the game, he came back in and got hurt on a sideline tackle again. So that was an idea. Yeah, his like, feet got caught under him as he got pulled down on the sideline. And that was, I think, the end of his day. Exactly. And then King uh, J.J. Anigbar on the last possession... Um, unclear what kind of injury it was, but he did have to um, he, leave the field. He, he leave the field, and then um, Hollins came in for him. Yeah, on on that side for the for the edge. Exactly on the, the last play, just one or two plays, I think. As, yeah, you so know, there's sort of desperation time for the Bears, and unlikely to mean anything. It's really kind of unfortunate to get an injury under those circumstances. Definitely un- unfortunate getting an injury under any circumstances, but those especially. Um, but that's the injury report. Obviously going to be keeping an eye mostly on Jones and Anigbare. Um The pass rush especially is already kind of wilting, uh, which we'll talk about a bit later. And he's been pretty solid in that number two pass rushing role. Uh, I've at seen least. quite a few people, you know, actually his pressure rate. At one point, he was leading all rookies in pressure rate. I did not um, know that. Uh, yeah, a week or two ago, somebody was tweeting about that. He's actually got a... He had gotten up to the um, the highest pressure rate. Uh, I forget if it was after the last game or the game before um, for the season. So he's like, being, that from that metric, he's been very productive as a fifth rounder. I mean, um, I wanted him in the second, so I'm happy. I'm very happy. That day three was very good. Very good, yep. in my opinion. Um, but we can talk about that again later. Toure had another catch today, which was kind of nice. Yeah, I was nice to see that when I like, first saw that on the ticker tape. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but let's get into our uh, in-depth game breakdown since we're already kind of talking about that a little bit. And let's start with the offense. Uh, do you want to start with what we wanted to see on the offense in our pregame? Right. So I had a couple things. I don't th- you didn't have put anything on the offensive side. So yeah. I wanted them to like you know try to work the running game and then and then after establishing like Dylan and, and Jones, then try to take some shot plays. So... They kind of do that, and also to pass it to the running backs. And the running backs got um, eight targets between Dylan and Jones. Yeah, and they were they were mostly um, working the running game. I think they only had one possession where they had like two of their first three plays were were passes. But the shot plays were mostly not there. Their explosive plays really had the two long running plays mm-hmm. and no real what you'd call an explosive pass play. Yeah, not so, entirely for, for lack of trying. They were doing those dumb, stupid, yeah. down-the-sideline shots that I absolutely hate. Well, there's the one to Cobb that Cobb had a little for the, in the end zone, mm-hmm. and it's over mm-hmm. the wrong shoulder, and he's like, and he couldn't adjust to it. That was one I thought they that was working, and it was just a little off target, or the where where he's expecting it, where it came, didn't work. But they but still didn't connect on it. Yeah, and then I also wanted. I was looking to see if they could convert in the red zone a little bit better than they had been because the Bears nope. no bad. Yeah, it was nope. Still only one for three. Yeah, they're. Uh, I'll t- I was going to talk about it later, but they are twenty first in red zone offense in terms of. Um, yeah, so I was hoping for a little, a little, um, you know, try to try to um, get well um, against the Bears red zone defense, which is near the bottom, and it didn't work. And we scored two of our touchdowns were scored from outside the red zone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so we were, ended up one for three with two field two field goals and one touchdown. Yeah, I thought the offense was kind of up and down. I think uh, for me, the system as a whole was, I would say, pretty like average to slightly below average. There were definitely some standout players, I think. Did you want to start with yeah. the bad or the good? Um, 
Well, let's do the bad and then finish with the good, I think, because that's kind of how the game went. The game started with the bad and then finished with the good. Very poetic of you. Let's uh, let's start with the bad. Um, for me, I think the bad was, like you said, the red zone offense. Uh, like I said, Green Bay is 21st in the league at converting red zone trips into touchdowns per team rankings. And they only went one of three, like you said. Um, Rodgers didn't have a great game, but I thought that was kind of sort of expected with his injuries in some ways and not practicing really this week only 18 of 31 for 182 yards and a touchdown i think he's had worse games this year though to be honest it wasn't great but it wasn't the worst yes he's had worse games than this because he didn't have any egregious mistakes he was just just missing sometimes just missing a couple and a couple there are a couple drops too and i think some Um, of the calls at the line like the checks at the line were not the best, like I have written down. Oh, you some mean of the... when it was third and one, and the, or oh, can I... and, and... <laughs> Mister Steal My Thunder? I literally have this go written ahead. down. Excuse no, me, you already got that written down. Uh, go ahead, yeah, keep going. Like I said, some of either the checks or the play calling hard to hard to know which, but the deep shot on third and one on the drive to start the second half is one of the most disgusting things I've ever seen in my entire life. I mean, you have Dylan, who we'll talk about in the positives, but he had converted a hundred percent of the third downs that you'd given him, and it's third and one and you have a hammer in the backfield that's working, and you just chuck it down the sideline when you're losing, and as, as you come out of half, it's super demoralizing. It was super demoralizing for me. And then the third and 15, now you decide not to chuck it down the field. Like, you're throwing short of the sticks at the start of the third quarter to Tunyon. Um, it just felt really counterintuitive at times. Uh, I don't really know if that's just all that was there. I can't imagine the Lazard thing is all that was there. That is mind-boggling to me. Uh, but yeah, those are my negatives. What did you have as downsides for the offense? So I'll put a little bit on the one, the third and one, because that was one that absolutely drove me bonkers when it happened. And I, not the third and one itself. I was so but, the, but the second one, the play before. So Dylan falls down, gets up without being touched. Oh yeah, and that actually been a first runs down, for yes. a first down. Yeah. And... They didn't challenge it. LaFleur's had so many impulsive, crazy challenges for plays that had no chance, and he doesn't challenge this one. I'm going out of my mind. And then they throw the incomplete on third and one and have to punt. You know what it looked Uh. like? It almost looked like they thought it was first down. It almost looked like they thought they had gotten the first down already, and they were like, "We're just, we're like, yeah, it's the first down." Yeah, like, let's remember that shot. happened to him a couple of years ago. Where I know like, it was, it was the short throw to um, Geronimo on the sideline, I think, and they tried to do a hurry up on the next play because they thought it was first down and didn't want it to get overturned and they did get the first down yeah, on the next play. Yeah, and they were look they looked so confused and I was like, you idiots. Um <laughs> uh, do you have yep. any other negatives? So I have some more or? so I also was talking about the third down conversion where they're only six of thirteen overall. Yeah. And Rogers not specifically on on Could have been third, worse. Could have been worse. Yeah. And then Rogers on third down. It actually is kind of an interesting progression. Um so he wasn't very good. He started off 0 for 3 on third on 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 third um and fourth downs. Mm-hmm. Um on their first three possessions. So he had uh and then after that, he was 5 for 8 actually on passes on third down. He did and, seem to warm up fourth. a little bit as the game went yeah. on. Yeah. Including the touchdown on fourth down um to Watson. Half, yeah. To Watson. Big that play. got them going. Exactly. They so that was that, they needed that. So they were so, so freaking badly. Rogers, like the whole team, and maybe the whole offense was probably because of Rogers. They was like bad in the beginning in the first um, couple possessions, and then was you know acceptable. Yeah, five competent eight on passes. Very, very in, confident third afterwards. Yeah, and it also felt like in the beginning, you know, I'm watching, he's running around. He's got tons of time, and nobody's open. Yeah, 
which is crazy because se- they're playing poor their separation backup, by the receivers. Secondary, yeah. yeah, poor separation by the receivers, especially the first half. And they're playing against today. like seventy-second really, string yeah. um, defensive backs. Cobb really struggled today. I thought he was going to have a good game this game. You know, notorious bear killer, but and get a couple drops. Um, didn't have any yards. It was it was a rough day for him. But anyway, let's move on yeah. to the positives. Uh, for me, like I said before, Dylan uh, was a huge positive. Uh, 18 carries for 93 yards and a touchdown, so 5.2 yards per carry. Really great day. Three catches on three targets for 26 yards. He had three of their six third down conversions, so he accounted for half of their third down conversions. And then he was used on three third downs and converted all three. So 100% conversion rate on third downs. You love to see it. Really nice game from him. He was my player to watch going into this game because I think he needs to put together a really strong month of December so that you can feel a little more comfortable going into the offseason knowing you have a backup plan in case you can't get an extension worked out with Jones or a restructure or something. Because like we've talked about, Jones is owed a lot of money next year. So it's nice for Dylan to stack back-to-back pretty successful weeks um, to make you a little more comfortable going into the offseason about the running back position. Especially because one of our one of the people who we assumed would take over a lot of that work was going to be Kylan Hill, and he's not on the team anymore. Beyond that, uh, positive for me, I really liked what Lazard brought to the table. All the stats I'm giving, by the way, are per ESPN. Uh, Lazard today, five catches on six targets to lead the team with 67 receiving yards. 67 yards, normally not a lot, but they only threw for 182 yards. So that's almost 37% of their total passing yards is all Lazard. All five of his receptions went for first downs, had five of their 11 uh, passing first downs for the day. So just in terms of making up for like the percentage of the passing offense that he made up for by a lot of different metrics, he was a solid chunk of their passing offense was targeted three times on third down, converted two of them. He was two of their six third down conversions. So him and Dylan made up five of their six third down conversions. Watson had the other one, just a really solid game from Lazard. Uh, I thought he was kind of there whenever they really needed a, like a first down. Like I said, had a lot of first downs today. And just a really solid showing. Obviously, Christian Watson is going to get all the highlights because he continues his ridiculous tear of four games with eight touchdowns to match Randy Moss's uh, rookie record of most touchdowns through a four-game stretch. Uh, And then my last positive was the offensive line. No Bakhtiari, and they still didn't allow a quarterback hit per Brandon Carwile on Packers Wire. Uh, Really solid showing from the offensive line. I know the Bears don't have a great pass rush, but anytime you don't let your quarterback get hit, like what else are you going to ask of them? So yep what positives did you have so i had a lot of the same things um i had now you know what it's like to have your thunder stolen (laughs) yeah god were you reading mine no um but i had you know watson with another two tds um and now he's only the third rookie with seven catches seven td catches in a four-game span with joining moss and uh, odell beckham Mm -hmm. per i saw that per um i was gonna say and that's i forgot that that last one was a rushing touchdown i i I had space on that Right, he had, a, he, he, had has, a he has eight touchdown. total touchdowns over four eight games. total touchdowns over the last four games. Right, and then he also and he also drew a thirty-eight yard um, DPI. Oh, that's right, I had forgotten about that. So they that should really just big... put those in the receiving yards. Just put them in there. Why not? Or at least, or at least fantasy yards. I know, right? If you draw but, a PI, uh, it's like it's the it's the same thing. I don't understand the difference. Yeah, so like, and, and you know, he he, he uh, was coming off the ball and forced the defensive back to just run right through him and gain thirty. And gained 38 yards for it. Um, so that's that was I had for his contributions as well as uh, um, the run of the catch. I really liked you know, so the late you know, late season Dylan is rolling. 
with two good games in a row. Oh yeah, I'm going to keep saying that. And I had uh, you know Lazard, you know what you mentioned about his game is also his like the most yards he's had in um, over a month and yeah, receiving. I liked that they went for the two point conversion at the end. You did to put it out of reach because even if they don't make it, still seven. No, is it? Oh, you're right. Yeah, because they made it nine, so it was unreachable. It's true. That's true. So they're safely at seven. They get the two-point conversion, and now it's for sure two-score game. I wouldn't have liked it so much if they were at six. Oh no! Don't don't do not go for it. That would have that would that would give me a heart attack. That would have been very stupid. And you're not play even the, making it a two-score game. Right, you're not even making it a two-score game. All you're doing is preventing them from beating you if they do the same thing with a two-point conversion. It's like, ugh, no. Yeah, <laughs> not I kind of wanted not be the extra point because I wanted to essentially make them score twice. Kind of but in some would, ways, they wouldn't have had to. Well, no, no, I, it's one. It, but they one, need to get in the end zone. They could have done the end zone twice. They need to get in the end zone twice. Is what I meant. Um, just because I, like I, uh, I think two point conversions are very tough for an offense that isn't great. Uh, but I see I like, the logic of going going for two there, especially when you get yeah. it, and especially and, yeah, when it goes it, to it, big dogs. And, and they and they did that. I, I wish they'd use that play a little bit more, where they have you know Mercedes drifting out, yeah, um, you know for 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 into the open space. But yeah, uh, the, the, those, that's the kind of play they don't use enough at the goal line where they struggle so much to get into the end zone, I feel they, like. They struggle in the red zone, just all over the red zone, every single yep. part of it. It's crazy that two years yeah. ago they were I, – I talk about this all the time. The but two zone. years ago they were a legendary red zone office. Like the conversion rate was gold. off the chart. Exactly, and now it's just they can't do anything. I um, don't can't find any gold anywhere now. I know, right? The um, rainbow has disappeared. There is There is no pot of gold at the bottom. Um, but I also like. Well, I had a couple more things. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah, well, you mentioned the offensive line, and so I, I don't need to say anything about it. But I actually was watching a little bit when I when I was, Sammy Watkins had two really nice blocks. The block on the Christian Watson play. touchdown run was and all he had, right, and, and that opened up that corner. And he had another one, I think, also on the left side. I can't remember which play it was, but he had another nice block where he sealed the edge. And actually, Watkins has. Always been a good. I don't know about always. He's always been a good blocker. He's yeah. been a good blocking receiver, and he was a, a very good blocking receiver last year, um, as well. Mm-hmm. When so he was with the Ravens, yeah. But I, I do um, think so those are yeah, the things I con- had. I just wanted to give him a little shout out for that. Yeah, I think honestly, some of the biggest contributions he's had since the Bears game last time. Maybe he just likes playing the Bears. Yeah, it could be. But let's move on to the defense. Uh, what did we see in our pregame that we wanted to talk about about the defense? For me, I wanted all the focus to be on fields on defense. I I uh, facetiously said that I wanted two quarterback spies on every play. Uh, and then I wanted to see them play with some pride in the secondary. I would say check and check. I mean, we'll talk a little bit about fields rushing day. There was uh, definitely one not so great play, but for the most part, I think they held up. And then yeah, and I, I didn't actually pay enough attention to see like how they spied, but I think they also didn't leave the nose just unattended. They like did a they much did against the Eagles, the Eagles where yeah. the the open that's the middle of the defensive line just opened wide up for a, a run up there. And I think I think the D the line middle. just did a much better job of being disciplined in yep. general, and like when the way they rushed the passer. And yeah, and yeah. I had. They load the box against the run like they did against the Titans, and I think they mo- mostly actually seem to have done that. Um, they had, yeah. they they were able to cause a lot of congestion and, and not have very many big um, running lanes. I wanted them to play press man on the wide receivers and force them to beat their man. They were aggressive anyway. 
and on some yeah. plays, on some a little plays. overly aggressive, perhaps. Yep. On some plays, um, and then spy on field. So those are the things that I was looking for, and some of the things they did, some of the things they tried to do, some of the things they um, had some success with. Yeah, it was definitely some bad and some good. Let's let's start with the bad, so we can finish with the good. It was a win after all. Do you want to um, kick us off? What did you What did you not like from the defense? So at first, so I I just had a couple things, you know that. The, I thought the coverage of the first half was generally not good where um, EQ is finding the open spot on their first long passing play and Jair getting beat twice trying to jump the route you know, for their two biggest plays of the uh, um, one against Nikhil Harry and then got beat once by EQ. Um, though I will say he, he did finally get jumped the route successfully. Yeah, um, he, he, but, he but got those him really a little bit, but... Those are really only the the kind of the bad things that I had. I suppose you could say that they basically got very little pressure on Fields as a passer. Yeah, for me, the bad things I think start with just the pass defense alone. Um, I think the pass defense in general was very poor, especially when you consider how like how poor an- the Bears passing was. How before. anemic the Bears passing def- uh, passing attack, sorry, had been before. I mean, um, they allowed Fields to go twenty of twenty five for two hundred and fifty four yards, just five incompletions. Um, they just like with Tannehill, they allowed a, what had been one of the lowest ranked passing offenses in the league to be very efficient on volume. Like very te- like efficiency on volume is like an ideal passing offense, and they just kind of let them do whatever they want. This is the most yards he's thrown for this year. Just the second time throwing over two hundred yards on the year. Best completion percentage he's had this year. They kind of saved it with those two picks. They saved their passing day um, on yep. defense, but. It's really tough because I also want to talk a little bit about the pass rush because I think this really played a big part in this. Because, yeah, you see those two picks. You see that Fields didn't throw for any touchdowns, and you're like, oh, really nice day from the passing defense. But you got to control for quality of opponent, and they had not thrown the ball well all year. Like we already said, they're missing their number one wide receiver. They don't have a very good O-line. They hadn't thrown the ball well all year, and you let them throw for 250 on you. And for the pass rush, you get zero sacks on a quarterback who, for pro football reference, hadn't had a single game without taking a sack yet this year. They had been get, He'd been getting sacked like 3.6 times per game. You got no sacks. He leads the league in sacks taken and leads the league in sack rate when it wasn't close. We talked about this in the pregame. He has the highest uh, sack rate, which is like number of sack, percentage of dropbacks that end in a sack. And s- second highest is as close to 32nd as it is to him and you didn't get any sacks on the day and you didn't really get much pressure either no, that's uh, the, another thing i don't have it i was trying to look to see what the numbers were on pressures or hits because it, it didn't like there feel was almost n- yeah none of those either which is why i think he ended up with such a high completion percentage yeah i mean 20 of 25 is is pretty absurd i didn't realize you know before we were talking about just how high it was that he only had five incompletions yeah thank well, goodness so, for the so he only had three balls that hit the ground then exactly yeah two picks three incompletions and 20 completions yeah he had a uh very efficient day throwing the ball and i think it was because they couldn't get any pressure and then jair i think really up and down he had that pick he had a couple tackles for loss but he was the nearest defender on their two massive completions like you said equinemia st brown for 56 yards and akila harry for 49 yards that's 45 percent of their passing yards right there in two plays on jair um like they threw for 250 yards and that's 105 right there. I mean, 
really rough day for him, I would say. I think when you are the top paid corner in the league, you expect more than just kind of up and down flash plays. You expect some more shutdown than that. And so I have him as a negative in this game. Uh, just kind of part of being a negative on the pass defense overall. They made some plays. They they I would say they did enough, but you just kind of expect more or you would have expected more going into the season. I suppose it's it's hard to expect a whole lot when the defense has really been up and down all year. And then I thought the tackling was kind of iffy all game. Uh, better. Than, I thought it was a vast, yeah, vast improvement over. It could the, not uh, have. That is saying <laughs> the least. Like it, it, it actually, I think worse. I think than the last second week. half tackling. And maybe I need to watch it again. I thought the second half tackling looked pretty yeah. good. The first they half, rallied rallied to the ball. Yeah, much the first half was especially guy, bad. Where, but... where they had a lot of people coming to the ball to, for tackling. Yeah. Um, well, since we're talking about positives, do you want to um, touch on the positives for that? For me, um, they didn't let Fields' legs kill them, I think is the biggest positive. He had that one 55-yard touchdown run in the first half where it seemed like everyone in the middle of the field just forgot how fast he was. Because he, <laughs> they kind of like took a bad like angle. They, everyone just got their But also, the they, kinda, they lost, they, they lost uh, the edge a little bit where I think, is it Keyshawn, I think? Enigbari goes in hard to the middle after... I think Montgomery must think Montgomery's got the ball and then Fields goes around behind him and then Keyshawn Nixon misses him. Well, if I remember then, correctly, and then Fields, he's just forced up the middle and is gone. If I remember correctly, Fields stumbles and still like repicks up all of his speed and Campbell's kind of engaged and then disengages and is like looking to close the gap. And then he's just, he's gone. But besides <laughs> that, um, he only had five carries for 16 yards. And you were telling me as we were yeah, prepping for recording, he only had one little bit yeah, to that. Ahead. I looked through. So to add on to the running part, I was looking through um, their their drives, and after those, um, after that that long run, and all the most of those yards were early. He only had like one yard rushing after the first two possessions. Yeah, I mean, for the most part, they shut him down outside of that one big explosive play. Uh, beyond that, force three turnovers always good when you win the turnover battle. Campbell, I thought, made a noticeable difference several times throughout this game. Per ESPN, he led the team in tackles, which is really nice. And then Kenny had a couple nice plays for the first time in a while, which was nice to see. I think it's something we talked about a bit earlier. Um, And just, I thought the interior D-line in particular got first contact a little bit better than they had all year. Uh, Slayton made a nice play behind the line. Kenny had a couple adder behind the line. Uh, Dean, I didn't really notice Dean that much in this game. I didn't really notice why he made that a much nice in this game. play. I noticed on um, the offense's left side after Preston held the edge, and then Lowry and Jair rallied to make the tackle um, for no gain. I think against I think it was well, Montgomery. Now that I think about it, you know what play Dean did make? Blocked the field goal. Always. I couldn't see from the replay I had who actually got their hand I'm on pretty, it. I'm pretty sure it was Dean, yeah. I'm, I'm okay. 99% Because the sure announcers are like, it looks like Slayton and uh, Kenny Clark uh, combined on that. And I'm, I'm looking. Uh, like, uh, only, that does not look definitely right. definitely only one hand hitting it, at least to that. And then I yeah. did get another, another view of it to see who actually put their hand on it. Did, did yeah. you see who was officially accredited with it? I'm pretty sure it was Dean Lowry, if I could just okay. double check really quick. Box score. Uh, they don't have it in the regular box score. I guess I, I think fairly that... certain it was Dean Lowry, but okay. Go, go and, ahead and go and over your pauses while I double check. A couple little things um, to addition. You mentioned the we talked about the fields running and the turnovers. I thought like the, the second half defense overall 
was really basically shut down. Um, and especially the fourth quarter, they gave up no points. It was like somebody told them, yeah, you might lose this game if you don't. And they, then they yeah. woke up. So in the second half, they had, uh, they gave up the, on a drive one yard, and then a punt, 62 yards and a field goal, 55 yards and a blocked field goal, 26 yards in interception, 25 yards in interception. And those are all the Bears' um, possessions in the, in the second half. They got almost nothing out of it. Yeah, and I know yeah. I was kind of, and ESPN has Dean Lowry um, accredited with that sack or that um, okay. block. Just saying so that block, um, and, and I thought that and I they was, rallied to saying, the ball. They rallied the ball. What I was going to say though was, I know I was talking a lot about how the the Bears passing offense wasn't very good, and the Packers kind of let them do more than they're usually able to do. But we also have to remember this offense was scoring points with Justin Fields the last five weeks against good defenses. They were putting up twenty nine point right. six points per game. You, you mentioned like, in the pregame that they were averaging as much as the uh, Chiefs, Chiefs were on the season. Yeah. Um, if you take just the last, was it four games? Five games. For the Bears? Uh, five games? Five games with Justin Fields, so not the Simeon game. Okay. But since New England game where they started having more designed runs as part of the part of their offensive packages, they were averaging as many points as the Chiefs have been this year. So to hold them to 19, pretty good, I would say. Pretty, pretty solid overall. Uh, you wonder a bit what would have happened if they hadn't forced those turnovers, but it kind of just... It's hard. You can say that for any game, I feel like. Did you have any more positives uh, to lay out? Um, let's see. That was the thing. It was nice to see Patrick Taylor get a carry. Yep, get, yep. Get some positive yardage. Back on offense, um, yes, but yes. And what was the other thing I had? That was the... Yes, back on offense. So, I mean, we can talk a little bit about Christian Watson because we haven't talked about it much at all. Right, we could so talk more about, about how how uh, how much because we were we were talking about in pregame about uh, you know the guy. So on that that uh, that was a that was a nice call too. That uh, going for the, the jet sweep, bend yeah, around, uh, and then just takes it Sammy, all the way like to the said. house. Yeah, and you were telling me before about the guy that he out just runs right around. Yeah, for runs that, a, for a four three three apparently out of uh, Duke. Um. So it's not like someone said he was running uh, running past like accountants or insurance salesmen. And I mean, he's running by like genuinely very fast defensive backs. Yes, I think he was a backup, but still a ton of speed. And Watson just, I mean, untouched. Like no one is touching him. He's way too fast for like half the people on this field. And that fourth and then down, he did like the the, the flying uh, oh, spread eagle into the I end was zone too. So worried he was gonna find out a way to hurt himself. <laughs> yep, like like, like hurt his shoulder so and then landing, like find, uh, or like fall a little funny and hurt his knee. Like I was so worried. I, I had like himself. visions of uh, <laughs> Jake the Jake Krumero uh, shoulder injury right after he made a big play and dove oh, into the end zone. The one I always think about is uh, it's not the Packers, but Adrian Peterson in college. Um broke his collarbone diving into the end zone on like a breakaway oh. run. But yeah, Christian Watson, I think he should be firmly in the offensive rookie of the year conversation. I'm saying it right now. I think he should be, if he had played all year, I think he'd be the favorite. I think he should still be a top three favorite. I think it's like him, Kenneth Walker and Chris Olave, I think should be the three. Oh, I would say right Olave or, or Garrett Wilson. Olave's had a stronger overall year. Garrett Wilson has heated up the last two weeks though. I must say, but Christian Watson has heated up the last four weeks. I mean, he has nine yeah. touchdowns on the year now. He's which definitely going to be in the conversation for best rookie receiver in this class. I mean, when you look at his yards per route run, 
I had this up at one point. Let me see if I can find it. Okay. While you look for that, I was going to say, I really liked the way he came to the ball and got the um, catch on the first touchdown on oh, the yeah. fourth down with a, with a defender on his back. That uh, he, the, the ability to make that contested catch. It's nice to see him win in different ways. And he had that one, which was really, I mean, if they don't convert that fourth down, like that was huge. Not, yeah. They're not going to win. Because they they had done almost nothing in the half up to that point. So if they had failed to get a touchdown there, and going for it, if they had come up with zero points, that would have uh, may, perhaps um, started off a downward spiral. Yeah, I mean... Or, or continue the not stopped the downward spiral that they were already on. So, yards per route run. This, this is the full list of players... Um, this is per Jacob Gibbs at J.A. Gibbs underscore 23 on Twitter. The full list of players who have averaged more yards per route run than Packers rookie Christian Watson. Tyreek Hill, Justin Jefferson, Stephon Diggs, Jalen Waddell, Amon Ra, DeAndre Hopkins, and CeeDee Lamb, and then Christian Watson. I mean, he's really blossoming. I think he's, I mean, I'm a homer, but I voted for him for the Pro Bowl today because why not, you know? <laughs> Ooh, uh, I have to put in a Pro Bowl, Pro Bowl vote. How many can you do? I think it's unlimited. Uh, you know what it is? <laughs> you know what it is? Unlimited. <laughs> oh, man. The Broncos are really having a tough time. Really making it harder to trade Aaron Rodgers, Broncos. Really making this tough This on is us. the You're, things. Like, after the watching what happened with the Broncos, nobody's going to want to do that again. No. Well, what was it? Did you see? We're getting on a little bit of a tangent, but who cares? Because tangents are fun. We've done a lot of our analysis already. Do you see that Colin Cowherd, like a week and a half ago, was saying this, that the Packers should try and trade Aaron Rodgers to the Seahawks? It's like, why on earth would the Seahawks look at what the Broncos just did with them and be like, yeah, we want a piece of that? We want a piece <laughs> of that action. That looks great. They already said we did. We got the better side. They're like of they, the deal being on the other side of this deal. They feel like uh, Andy Dufresne and Shawshank. They 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 finally got out the other side of the of the pipe. They're out <laughs> in the rain. They're free. Andy they're in, in, in there, washing washing the stink of Russell Wilson's current play off. Yeah, they're not they're not going back in that because they're not because that pipe <laughs> that pipe has been Russell Wilson's play this year. Yes, just a long long river of a mile know, of sewage. Yes. Oh man, he's been bad. But this is not a Broncos podcast. We were talking about Christian Watson. <laughs> Um, what is he at so far this year? I want to figure that out. Um, can you kill time for a second while I... You know what you mean for the total? Yeah, I'm, I'm just looking at what his stats are in the year and what he's probably going to okay. end with. Yeah, so, you know, it's, I should say, look, I, did, I, should, I oh, didn't okay. do as much work as I, have, I needed to. He's got 22 catches for 353 yards in nine games. Six games started. I think there were two games where he didn't even finish the game. Um... If I just look at snap percentage, yeah. One game where he only played 9% of snaps. One game where he only played uh, 23% of snaps. I mean, a bunch of games where he only played like 20% of snaps. If you go on a per snap number, I mean, he's he's kicking ass and taking names. Yeah, because he really when he was head, struggling but... with the hamstring, he was not playing much either. Even yeah. when he didn't miss full games. I mean, it seems like the only barrier to him being a star in this league is going to be health, knock on wood. Cause... Yeah, and you know, he's catching every he's catching the balls now. Knock on wood, please, please. He, he, for the you know, what? please knock on wood right now, this instant. Because, yeah, because that was, I mean, that first game. You remember what we were saying? Like, <laughs> I just five, made the dogs bark. <laughs> you remember we were saying five weeks into the season, we were saying, "Wow, 
if he catches that first ball versus the Vikings, like does his season go totally differently? Like is, does the Packers season go totally differently if he catches that first ball where he alligator, alligator arms and can't catch it at all. And then lo and behold, here we are. He's, he's bounced back. He got that right. He, he got that one long catch for his first, for that first touchdown. And since then he's been killing it. Yeah. I guess the Cowboys. Yeah. Three. I mean, Eight touchdowns in his last four games is borderline unheard of. Uh, but should we move on to the special teams? I just wanted to reach back to Christian Watson since we hadn't really talked about him a whole lot yet. Yeah, but and we could talk about more. I, I, I felt like you know, in terms of this draft, that Zach Tom is looking like a player. Zach Tom's looking like a player. Romeo Dobbs looked like a player until he got hurt. Christian yeah, Watson. Yeah, we did get that. Was one thing we did get the chance to get them both in this game that we were hoping for. Yeah, but Dobbs you know, Dobbs and Watson healthy in the same game, so maybe there's, there's maybe, no rush. Yeah. So there's a good chance, actually, with a two weeks off now, that we'll have yes. both of them in the next game. Exactly. I mean, he was questionable coming into this game, so it was it was a bit up it was a bit up in the air. But I think he should, based on how the reporting was about this injury going into this game and how he was pretty close and he was limited all week last week. I think two weeks, assuming no setback, he should be good to go, and we should get to see our essentially the future yeah. of the wide receiver room. And one more thing I should say about the the we didn't really talk about the offensive lines. Their run blocking was, I think, pretty good today as well. Yes, hundred percent. Um, better Jones, than it had been. They they struggled um, against the Titans a lot, and some oh, against yeah. the Eagles in, in in their run blocking. And so their run blocking was uh, improvement today. Definitely. I mean, it was so bad against the Titans. I think that's the worst it's been all year. Uh, yeah, but yeah, it was definitely they couldn't do anything. Today. Not that the Bears' the run defense is anything to to sneeze at, but. Um, did you have anything else you wanted to add on defense or should we move on to special teams? We can move on to special teams. Yeah. Oh, I, I also want to say, I feel like Keyshawn Nixon has done a nice job. I think he's been not really a big storyline, but to step in, play some starting nickel, be really valuable factor on special teams as we're transitioning to talking about special teams. I think Nixon's had a really nice year. Yeah. I want to see him back as like some of these yeah, late rappers. I want to see Nixon back next year. I want to see Ford back next year. Yeah, Ford could be our starting one of our starting safeties next year. He might have to be, honestly. Yeah, there might there not might not be an if about <laughs> it. Um, for special teams, though, like we said, Dean Lowry blocked a field goal that ended up being a big point in the game because they were up one and the Bears were having to drive as opposed to being down two. Bears with the ball that was a big difference. But then they did allow an 18 yard punt return and a 42 yard kick return, which were both pretty gross and disgusting. Yeah, uh, we Cobb had a pretty good. Great punt return on, on the on the one that he returned as well went for a decent amount of yards i can't remember how many yards but it was it was pretty good so, so i had Cobb back there returning on the on the punts and mm-hmm. nixon didn't have any big um returns this this uh week on kickoffs as he did last, i mean yeah he used up all his 50 yards last week and well we uh i guess we didn't need him this week yeah uh should we go into a player of the game who's your player sure of the game? So who's my player of the game? You know, this is where I kind of spaced out on this. I'm going to go Dylan. I think it's very fair. Very reasonable. I mean, he he was really – he brought a lot of consistency to the offense. The offense needed him yep. for them to have, like, he was the consistent plays chain moving. And, and uh, you know, finding – hitting the holes and making uh, – and getting yards. And I think that's his longest touchdown. Is that his longest touchdown run of the year, the 21-yarder? He had like a twenty yarder last week against the Eagles. I can't remember. Maybe if he has a exactly twenty on the dot. Um, I, yeah. So, yeah. 
but then, it was it was nice to see it was in that one that that last was like it's, he's going on i was like oh wait he's still going he's gonna go all the way yeah i was like oh he's gonna it's gonna squeak in there he's gonna because he kind of ducked under the guy at the goal line and kind of just yeah. extended behind him because then when was, he first was, was getting play. around that edge i didn't real. i wasn't expecting to make it all the way to the end zone yeah for me my player of the game was christian watson two touchdowns again uh that fourth down especially was the biggest play of the game and then the end around to ice it i mean no oh, yeah he's a star like he's he's a star player in this league he's almost a star player in this league already i would say he just needs to be doing this for a few more weeks and i'm ready to i'm ready to say it uh he is special special speed and the offense i mean the offense with him and without him is it's night and day there's just so much easier for them to score with him on the field Let's move on to a little bit about what's coming next for the Packers. Something I saw, I specifically wrote in this section, we don't usually have it, because I saw something that I wanted to get your opinion on from the Aaron Rodgers presser. Okay, I'm going to be winging this one. So yeah, that's why we're going off the cuff, listeners. Off the cuff. They were asking him how he felt about returning next year because of the play of Christian, like specifically how the uh, play of Christian Watson affected his decision to his decision for next year, whether or not to return. And he essentially said, yeah, you know, it's crazy. Like Christian Watson, like da, 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 da. He's playing so much better than he did earlier in the year. Obviously everything, all this stuff factors into it, et cetera, et cetera. And then he said, but it has, it's going to have to, you know, it's going to have to be a mutual thing, which I thought was really interesting because it seems like he, is thinking there's a non-zero chance the Packers will like not want him back next Whoop. year. Uh-huh. Was how I read that situation. And I think Matt Schneidman on Twitter of The Athletic also read it that way, um, which I thought was interesting. And I wondered if you had any thoughts on it. I hadn't heard it. Cause I've been expecting him back next year for a while with the yeah. way the contract is structured. And you know the other reason? I don't think he's gonna he's not going to retire this year. Played bad. Because Tom Brady's going to retire this year. Oh, that's yeah, that's a good point. That's a very and good point. He is not he's not going to want to be his second fiddle at the Hall of Fame induction stage. How's that for a uh, for a take? I, I actually 100 percent agree with you. I hadn't even thought about that. Are we sure Tom Brady retires though? I guess we're not sure, but he has not been that good this year. He's I mean, been worse than Rodgers. I hate to say it, but I don't think I don't think either of them are going to want to go out like this. This is true. It could be that, you know, this with the way they, the way they played, that neither one's good. But I, I do not expect Rodgers to retire. Now, can they move on from him and, and uh, get a trade for him that he'd have to, like, sign off on? Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I don't think he retires. He certainly doesn't retire if Brady retires because he's not sharing that Hall of Fame stage. Right. Yeah, when Brady first retired, before he unretired, I was thinking this was going to be Rodgers' last year. Yeah, I think it I think it will be dependent on what Brady ends up doing. I think that's a good call. I just thought it was interesting that he even thinks that that's on the table. That the Packers are thinking that way. Yeah, and he would know. I mean, he and cuz he's talked about um and made some noises that well, like it's reasonable for the Packers to want to get to know what they've got in love. That seems okay. It's like making it sound like, yeah, I'll go along with that idea if uh, we're other otherwise knocked out and I don't feel like we have anything left to compete for this year because we're eliminated. He's, I don't think they can be eliminated anymore. Um, 
I on the was looking week. at the standings after, during the bye week. I thought it was a good chance that would happen. But looking at the standings, I don't think they can actually be mathematically eliminated. Um, so I, I expect him to play again after the bye against the Rams, who yep. are straight up terrible. Yeah, and some news since we're already talking about what's next. The Rams have put Matthew Stafford on IR, so he is not going to play. It's going to be John Walford. Although I will say, with Walford at the helm, they played the Seahawks kind of close. It was a game. It was more of a game than I thought <laughs> was it was. That a statement. Be. It was a game. It was more of a game than I thought it was going to be. It was honestly more of a game than I think it would have been with Stafford. I, I hate to say it, but the offense looked not nearly as bad as it had. Um, they did still lose to the Seahawks, though. But that's what's coming up down the pipe. And it's not like the Seahawks are a powerhouse. So, yeah, they had a winning record at 6-5 and five going to this game. Yeah. But, and yet, and yet the, the, the Rams are so bad that most people thought they didn't have a chance in this game. Yeah. The Packers will be going on by... And we will be bringing you, instead of on our usual pregame uh, and postgame for this week, we're going to probably take this bye week to do a little bit of looking forward to the draft, towards what the Packers' positional needs are, what we think some strategy items should be going into the draft. We're both big, huge fans of the NFL draft, and we follow it every year. I it's my favorite game of the NFL tell you how many different mock drafts I did last year. Over three or f- at least three and probably four or even five different sites. Yeah, just just to get the different like mock draft machine. The simulators work differently. It's nice to get a, a tryout. Right. On they each. have they have different rankings for the players, so you want to see like uh, how it goes. But and I always end up with a couple of draft crushes, and sometimes the player ends up on the Packers, like uh, Zach Tom. I picked him a bunch of times a couple of years ago. I was picking um, Slayton. They also picked Aguara and um, Dylan in that draft, except. I picked them both two rounds later than <laughs> the Packers ended up picking them. Yeah, it's always important to talk about the hits and ignore the misses. It's my, <laughs> my number one rule of draft crushes. And there are always a bazillion players that uh, I, I was over I, and over again that never get picked. I definitely wasn't low on Jair Alexander and very high on Josh Jackson. I never, <laughs> I, I wasn't super high on Kevin King and really wanted them to draft Kevin King. Me, I would never, I would never do that ever. Uh, but anyway, so we're going to probably do that, bringing you that during this bye week as opposed to our yeah, usual pregame, postgame. In addition to the draft, it's going to be a roster shakeup offseason. Oh, yeah. Salary cap and the number of players who are going to be free agents. Um, it's about that time of the, the year of to fire year. up over the cap. It's about that time of year. Oh, you mean I did it too early by doing it already? I suppose I didn't say it wasn't already, but yes. But anyway, thank you so much for coming and listening. Once again, Packers winning his franchise in NFL history. You heard it here first. But thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, please come check us out on Twitter at Father Son Packer. We tweet when we have new Packers injury news, any other Packers related news. We tweet articles that we find interesting, videos we find interesting. Uh, and we just kind of keep you up to date with any kind of news and Packers notes. We'd really appreciate the follow. Once again, that's at Father Son Packer on Twitter. And if you really like what you hear, come uh, give us a subscription on YouTube, Father Son Packers Podcast. It would really help our numbers, and we'd really appreciate it. You can all, you can catch all of our podcasts there. They are posted there, as well as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anywhere you can find podcasts, you can find us. But anyway, thanks again so much for listening. Packers beat the Bears. Heck yeah. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.